Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 onwards. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Shall we pray? Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Father, I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is trying to take the word of God from the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. And every demonic spirit that is trying to pervert the word of God in the minds of the people, I bind those unclean spirits in Jesus' name. And I render them powerless at the foot of the cross right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every demonic spirit that is distracting the minds of your people away from the word of God, I bind those demonic spirits in Jesus' name. And I cast them away right now in Jesus' name. And every evil spirit of tiredness, every demonic spirit of pain, every evil spirit of any kind of interruption. I curse those in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask you, Heavenly Father, let the spirit of freedom, O Father, flow freely in our midst in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let your word penetrate in the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people, resurrecting, Lord, that which is dead. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, bring back to life that is with that which is dead. In the name of Jesus, bring back to life that which is dead. In the name of Jesus, Bring back to life that which is dead in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ touch every heart, touch every mind, touch every body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you will, Lord, do what you have intended in your heart to perform this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That every chain be broken in Jesus' name. Every bondage of the enemy be broken in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Holy Spirit, touch your people. Touch your people right now. Wherever they are, touch your people right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Father, wherever there's emptiness, Lord, fill that void with your fullness. 
Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth oh father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I pray that you'll mend shattered hearts right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth oh lord let darkness flee from the hearts of your people in the name of Jesus wherever there's a lack oh lord I pray let the spirit of God fill those lack oh lord with your fullness in the name of Jesus thank you father Thank you, Lord. Let your fresh word from heaven descend upon your people at this hour in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I commit this. Lord, scripture portion that you just gave into your hands, oh Lord. And I ask you that you'll immerse it in the oil of the Holy Spirit at this hour and set it on fire in Jesus' name. That the fire of the Holy Spirit, Lord, be dropped into the hearts of your people. That this word of God, oh, that contains the breath of God, oh, cause a great stirring in the hearts of your people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let no one leave the way they came, oh, Father, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, shatter the works of darkness. Oh, Father, in the lives of your people, uproot, Father. Oh, Father, the tree that needs to be uprooted out of the lives of your people. And I pray, break every faulty foundation in Jesus' name. Whatever should not be there in the lives of your people. Oh, Spirit of the living God, I pray. Oh, that you do a thorough cleansing, Lord, at this hour in the name of Jesus. Oh, and magnify Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. Oh, we bow before you and we worship you. You are our Lord. And we thank you, Father, for being our Lord. We are so privileged to be your people and we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise in the name of jesus christ i pray amen 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 thank you jesus thank you lord praise god luke chapter 19 i'm going to read the last two verses the holy spirit wants me to so we're going to pick up from there verses 9 and 10 And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let me read it again. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also, who Zacchaeus, also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Two things here that the Spirit of the Lord is highlighting at this hour. One is Son of Abraham. And the next word is lost. Son of Abraham, lost. Who is Abraham? Think about this. Who is Abraham? Abraham was a heathen. He was called Abram. When God came to Abraham and God spoke to Abraham and he told Abraham, Abraham, this is what I want to do with you. You get out of your country and out of the people where you are with right now and go to a place that I'm going to show you. I'm going to make you into a great nation when Abraham didn't have a single child and he was in no position to have any children Something was terribly wrong with his wife and they were not able to have children. To such a man, God comes and he says a big promise and he says, Abraham, this is what I'm going to do with you. But you know what? I want want you to do this. I want you to leave your father's house, leave your country, leave the people that you're with and move to where I want you to. And there I'm going to bless you. I encourage you to listen to this message. We just posted on our website, moving from curse to blessing. This was a message that God gave on December 12th in our church, in our sanctuary, when we had our service. 
and God spoke to us about what God was going to do in 2022 on that day. And that message will speak about the condition, the importance of leaving what God wants us to leave in order for God to bring us to the place of blessing. See, when God tells you to leave a place and he's telling you to move, I'm not telling you nobody should move from where you are to New York. That's not what the topic is about. God is talking about your state of mind, your spiritual state. Where you are right now, if it's not pleasing to God, God can't bless you in that state, in that condition. So God's heart is for you to be blessed. So what will God do? God will say, I can't bless you where you are right now because it's not good for you. I want to move you out of there to where you need to be in order for you to be blessed. Think about this. If you are in a house that's full of mold and the air is so toxic, you can't breathe and you're so sick. Do you think it'll be wise for a doctor to say, well, you can stay in that house. Then I'll give you the medicine, take the medicine and stay in the house. It's not going to work. If you're in a toxic environment, no matter no matter how much medicine you take, if you're in a toxic environment, no amount of medicine is really going to help you if you stay in that and say, well, I'll stay here and I'll take the medicine. Before the medicine could really do the work, the mold will kill you. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. It's very important to understand when God tells you to get out, when God tells you, this is not good for you, my son, this is not good for you, my daughter. When God tells you that, that means it's toxic for you. It's choking your spirit. It's choking your soul. It is doing something to you. It is killing you every day. And God says, get out. I want you to get out. I want you to come to this place where I can bless you. That's what God told Abraham. You get out of that place and come to this place where I can bless you. So, moving out of a toxic place and moving to where God is, where God wants to bless, will bring about that prosperity, will bring about the blessing that God has for us. You know, there are a lot of people who say that, well, I don't want to move, I don't want to do anything, I want to just stay here and if God wants to bless, let God bless. God doesn't have to do anything for us, remember. We are in need of Him. It is love that comes to us. And He comes just like He came to Abraham. He comes to us and He says, come on, let's go. Get up from here. I'll lead you. It can't get better than that. If He says He'll lead us, and He's just telling us, get out. Get out from there. It's not good for you. In a burning building, the firefighters come and say, get out, get out. I want you to get out so I can help you. We need to get out. We can't say, well, I'm going to stay here. You bring the oxygen mask. You know, I'm, you know, taking this, all these fumes inside. But if you can just give me some oxygen tank and an oxygen mask, I'll stay here. No. When we need to move out of a toxic environment, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is, whatever you're watching is toxic to you. You need to stop that. Whatever you Thinking or putting into your brain is toxic. You need to stop that. You can have a lot of air purifiers in your house. A hundred air purifiers you can keep. And you can keep smoking all day long. What is that going to do? You know, there are people who do organic this, organic. Organic is good, by the way. There's nothing wrong with organic. Organic is good. Eating food free of chemicals and pesticides is good for you. You're doing your body, you know, good. But at the same time, you smoke and you drink and you do drugs. What is it going to do? Does it make any sense? 
We must understand if we want to do something good for our soul, we need to stop that which is hurting us first. We need to stop that which is hurting us first. And that's where God comes and he says, leave. If God tells you to leave something, it means that means it's not good for you. It is hurting you. So understand this. Abraham was a man who was in a place that was not giving him the inheritance that he needed. God comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, leave this place. Leave this lifestyle. And come with me. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to take you to the place where I'm going to bless you. And God becomes a covenant God with Abraham. And Abraham followed God. He left everything and he followed God with his family. And what happens? God fulfills his promise to him. And now these people who are here, they are children of Abraham, descendants of Abraham. And this man that Jesus is talking about and talking to is a descendant of Abraham. Abraham was in a covenant relationship with God. How can he really be in a covenant relationship with God? By being true to that covenant, right? If you are cheating on your spouse, you're really not living in a covenant relationship. At that point, you're a covenant breaker. If you're living in immorality, if you're living in pornography, if you're living in adultery, if you are doing things that you should not do that your spouse doesn't know, whether it's whether you're a husband or a wife, doesn't matter. It's the same. Then you are a covenant breaker. Understand this very clearly. The covenant must be kept. When you make a covenant before God, it's a serious thing. Because God comes into the scene. He is involved in that relationship. Whatever you do, even if your spouse is not there, guess who is there? God is there. He is watching you. Because he is in the midst of your covenant relationship. So you need to honor God, first of all, because of the covenant you made with God, before God, to your spouse. Very important. Abraham was a man who lived in that covenant relationship. And God blessed him and God blessed Abraham in all things. And God will bless us also in all things. That's another message that God spoke to us about. Also, a promise for this new year. If we surrender everything to God, and whatever we surrender, God will bless all of those immensely. It's a promise from God. And so, when you look at Abraham, Abraham was a man who did exactly what God told him to do. He left what he had to leave, and he followed God, and he was blessed in everything. And when God called him even to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, he did not hesitate because... Not because he didn't love his son. Even God said, it's your only son, your beloved son, and, and the son that you really love, and all those things. And Abraham took his son and went to Mount Moriah because he believed that God will bring him back. He knew that nothing is going to happen to my son because of his trust in God and because he knew the character of God. Obeying God comes from knowing God. I want to repeat. Obeying God comes from knowing God. Obedience equals faith in God. How can you have real faith in God without knowing Him? That's why it's important for us to know the Word of God. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you don't know the truth, you will live in bondage because the truth can set you free. 
That's why it's important to hear the word of God. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Just pay close attention to what the spirit of the Lord is speaking. Abraham was someone who was in a covenant relationship with God, the friend of God. And Abraham's descendants also, when they keep the covenant, their covenant with God that Abraham was in, then they are living in that covenant relationship. But when they break that covenant, what happens? That covenant is broken. They're no longer in that covenant relationship with God, even though the contract was made. Now the contract is broken. That's where the son of Abraham becomes lost. Son of Abraham becomes lost. No longer in that, in that family line. Gone. Where is he? It's like you have hundred sheep, like Jesus said, and one is missing. Where did that one go? All we know is that one is not here now. Not within the fold. Not within the family. We can't say, well, I believe he's still, you know, part of the family when he's actually not there because he's not present. He's not there. Something has happened. So how can we sit still and say that, well, you know, he's all in the, he's in the, you know, in the family and, and God will never disown. And we can say all these things. Meanwhile, a lion could be having that lamb in his mouth. We can take ourselves out of the covenant of God by breaking the covenant that we have with God. So it's very important to be true to our covenant with God. When that's broken, we place ourselves out of that covenant. And what happens? We become lost. We're no longer there. We're lost. But God's eyes are still upon his people. And so he reaches out to them in many different ways. How did he reach out to this man? How did he reach out to Zacchaeus? How did he reach out to the son of Abraham? How? Very interesting to see that. How Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus. Jesus says, the son of man came, had he come, he came to seek. It's like having um, a binocular or having you know, a magnifying glass or having a telescope. To really look for something. That you're looking for something and you really have to focus and see what is going on with it in order to find it. Jesus came looking for all those who were lost. And guess who was among that? Zacchaeus. Now, the detailed description is all not written there because if everything is written about how Jesus got to Zacchaeus and how this happened and everything, then we won't be able to carry the Bible. God gives us just what we need so that we can have a Bible that we can carry and read. This one verse, verse 10, has a lot in it. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is, or that which was lost. Jesus came to seek and save Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector. The very man that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the so-called religious leaders said that, He's a sinner, how come you are? How come you are? How come you are? Jesus is the chief physician. So when he sees people who are supposed to be in that covenant relationship, they've broken that covenant with God. 
God's heart is longing to bring them back. God says, I want to restore you. I want to bring you to myself. I want to see you restored. I want to see you back in the family. I want to see you back in that covenant relationship. And I want to lavish upon you everything that I have. But you're not here. Where did you go? And God says, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was lost. Jesus came to find Zacchaeus, to save Zacchaeus. That's our salvation. Salvation came to this household. How? By the Savior being there. Salvation has come to your household. Salvation has come to you. You, being a child of God, under the covenant of God, once upon a time I would have said, Oh Jesus, come into my heart. Oh Jesus, I want you. Oh Jesus, I give myself to you. If you would have prayed that prayer, you entered into that covenant relationship. If you really repented for your sins, once upon a time, or whenever that was, and you said you're going to follow Jesus, and you did it for a short time, no matter how long that period was, you were in that covenant relationship. But then something happened that you broke that covenant with God and you started doing your own thing. You went far away from God. But guess whose eyes are upon you? The one who made the covenant with you. You made the covenant with him too. You broke it, but his heart is longing for you. He's saying, when is he going to come back? When is she going to come back? And what is God doing? He's looking to see how he can bring you back. That is love. That is love. That's God's love. That's what God is doing for us today. What he did for Zacchaeus, God is doing for his people today. God never says, well, you left me. You broke the covenant and you did X, Y, and Z. So therefore, I'm going to work with just those who are within the covenant. No, no. His heart is to restore. This year is a year of restoration. God will restore our souls. God will restore our bodies. God will restore our families. God will restore our marriages. God will restore our health. God will restore everything that the enemy has stolen. The son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. Something was lost. Gone. But Jesus comes and he says, I'm here to find it. Doesn't matter. Somebody stole it. Somehow it was gone. Jesus says, I'm here to find it. I know you broke the covenant with me. I know you went after other things. I saw everything. And I've come to you to restore you to myself. This is the spirit of God speaking to your hearts at this hour. God wants to restore you. Not to where you used to be, but to a far better place. That's God's way of restoring. God wants to bring you to a relationship with him. Not to where you used to be, but to a far better place. That's our God. God wants to do a thorough work in you. The very same God who came to Zacchaeus, who stopped his ministry, who stopped everything for that one sinner. Not someone who didn't know God, 
someone was who was in a covenant relationship, but he broke that relationship because maybe he went after money, maybe he went after pleasure, maybe he, whatever he went, he went after fame, whatever it is. Maybe something happened to him, whatever it is. The bottom line is he broke his covenant with God. Yet God went after him. God is in the business of seeking and saving that which is lost. God is speaking to hearts at this hour. Whatever your life is or has become, this is what God is telling you today. Don't remember the former things. Don't think about what happened. If you live in the past, you'll ruin your future. If you bring your past to where you are, you're going to ruin your present. Don't think about the past. Let it go. Let it go because God wants to do a new thing in your life. And it's going to happen like this. Our God is the God who opens rivers in the desert. God wants to take away all that which the enemy has destroyed. God wants to do something new in that very place, in that very area. God wants to do something special. But you must trust him. You must do what Zacchaeus did. Now, let's go to the first verse. Let's go to verse 1, Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jesus is very intentional. He came to seek and save that which was lost. That day he knew Zacchaeus is going to be here. I'm going to bring Zacchaeus. I'm going to restore Zacchaeus to myself. That was God's plan through Jesus Christ that day. In your life, in my life, God has many plans like that. Plans should do good for us. He's a good God. Jesus plans his day based on the people that he's going to save. Jesus planned that day based on what he was going to do for Zacchaeus. Think about that, for that one man. And who was he? He was a covenant breaker. Think about it. Zacchaeus was a covenant breaker. He saw where Zacchaeus was. Do you know what he said? Zacchaeus is too important for me. He's my child. He's lost. I'm going to go find him. I'm going to bring him to my stuff. Zacchaeus too was lost. He was somewhere else. You know, have you seen kids, you know, who just run ahead and go into a crowd and then they go, ah, they start crying, mommy, mommy. That's how we are. Want to run. Run out of the hands of the parents. Because you think that freedom, just let's run. Once you're out of the spite of the parents, now horror strikes you. And you say, oh, where is my mommy? Where is my daddy? And you start screaming and screaming and screaming. You look at all the strangers' faces and think like, how am I going to survive here? Cry out louder until someone sees that face and tries to somehow find the parents. In the meantime, what happens? No parent says, well, you ran away from me. Learn your lesson. Somehow find your way back to me. No. You see the parents running. Where's my child? Where's my child? Where's my child? Where's my child? Think about it. Think about the heart of the father. That's how God is. Many times, we're like the little children. We don't have that understanding of what's out there. We feel like, well, I want freedom. 
Let me just run ahead of God. Let me do things on my own. Let me just go and explore outside and run. Only to find misery. Only to find the heartaches. Only to find fearful things out there. And then we cry out to God. And guess what God is doing? God is seeking. He's looking to see. I want you back. I want you back. I want you back. And God is doing everything circumstantially to get you back. While you're out there, your heart is actually crying out for him. You don't know how to come back. And that's where God comes into the scene. And he reaches out his head. He says, I'm here. And that's it. Once you hold the hand of the father, you're not going to do the same thing again. You don't want to run ahead of him ever. You don't want to get lost. He didn't lose you. You ran away. God is a very responsible father. More responsible than the most responsible parents. However, there are kids who can run away. While they're doing something, they'll just take off. Not because the parents were careless, but the kids were a little sneaky. Everybody has a choice, you see. We don't get lost because God is not responsible. He's not watching over us. No. Because we run away. And God comes. And He looks for us. His heart yearns for us. Just like a parent who will frantically go and look for their daughter, their son, who's missing. Jesus comes looking for us. And sometimes a stranger comes and takes the child away. And sometimes the stranger tries to convince the child, it's nice over here, candy, doll, trucks, whatever you want, games, video games, whatever you want, I'll give you. Try to make the child forget the parents and try to make the child feel like I'm your parent. That's what the devil does to many people. Let me give you this. Let me give you that. Let me give you that. And say, hey, I like this. For some. After some time, the true color comes because no one can love you like your own. Suddenly, the awareness will come. You know what? This person is having me here to exploit me. There's a gap now. The parents are still looking for the child. The child is sitting somewhere. Now the child wants to get out, not able to get out because uh, the child is held by the enemy. That's where God comes again. The son of man comes to seek and save that which was lost. So whether you are like a child that gets lost in a crowd and is full of fear and is crying out to God, And God is like the parent looking for the child. And he just saw you. Or you are like the child who got kidnapped by someone because you were careless. You just wandered away and it just took a fraction of a second and you were lost. God is still in the business of rescuing and restoring. Whatever your place is, whatever your situation is, there's nothing too difficult for the Almighty God. And when it comes to your children, if you have children who are lost, if you have family members who are lost, if you have spouses or parents who are lost, that the enemy has taken, don't lose heart. 
you should be just like Jesus. Be in the business of rescuing them. Be in the business of bringing them to Jesus by seeking. And how will you seek? On your knees before God. Fast and pray. Seek God with all your heart for your parent, for your child, for your spouse, for your siblings. You need to pray. When you seek God on your knees, the Spirit of God will seek them out and bring them to the fold. Jesus said, the Son of Man came. His mission itself was that. He came to seek and save that which was lost. That's why he came. Your mission should be the same thing. To seek and save that which is lost in your own family. Whoever has broken the covenant, they broke in the heart of God. But still, God goes after those children. God is speaking to our hearts today. Wherever you are, you need to return to God with everything that is within you. Because there's safety within the fold of God. Those who are in the covenant relationship with God are protected by God, are provided by God. God becomes their everything. God gives them his peace. In the midst of turmoil, they have his peace. God watches over them day and night. But if we are out of his sight, if we just go away from him and we're lost, we are not under his covenant anymore. We can't blame God for everything that happens in our lives because we're not in that covenant relationship. God wants to seek and save that which is lost and bring them back into that covenant relationship so that he can be once more your father. Positionally, we can be children of Abraham. But if you are lost, what good is it? It doesn't profit us anything. We need to be practically in the fold, in the family, and enjoy every blessing that God has for us. So Jesus intentionally passed through Jericho because this is why he came. He came to rescue Zacchaeus. He came to bring back that which was lost. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. We're reading from Luke chapter 19 and I just read verse 2. So Jesus was intentional. He's saying, I'm going to go through this side, this road. And then you see this man. So he is going, he's looking for Zacchaeus and, and Zacchaeus is looking for Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to save Zacchaeus today. And Jesus is intentionally coming through this passage, going through Jericho, exactly where Zacchaeus is. Now, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. God is working in Zacchaeus' life. Where God moves somebody to come and tell about Jesus to Zacchaeus. So someone comes and tells Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, do you know Jesus healed the sick? Do you know Jesus opened blind eyes? Do you know Jesus when he teaches something is so different? Do you know there's power in the ministry of Jesus? Something is going on. Zacchaeus, this is what is happening. So somebody told Zacchaeus, maybe it's Zacchaeus' wife, maybe it's Zacchaeus' sister, maybe it's, we don't know. Somebody told Zacchaeus the good news. Somebody told Zacchaeus about Jesus Christ. There's always a person involved, at least one, when it comes to restoration. God uses human beings. So someone was used, someone behind the scenes, 
is being used here by God to show Zacchaeus something is going on here, to draw Zacchaeus back to the fold. The Bible says, unless the Spirit of God draws a person's heart, no one can come to the Father. It's the working of the Holy Spirit. Again, you see our triune God working here. God the Father sending Jesus to rescue Zacchaeus and God the Holy Spirit working in Zacchaeus' heart, moving people to give him the good news. So Zacchaeus is hearing this and something is happening. Faith is rising up from within. He believes in what someone told. And he's believing and he's saying, I got to see this man. I got to see this Jesus. I got to see him. But he had a problem. He was short, very short. So something was hindering him in the process. We have a few things that we need to admire about Zacchaeus. In a lot of times, people look at all the bad qualities of someone and say, bad, 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 bad. We must understand because we are made in the image of God, even though Satan can mask the image of God with sin, there is this nature of God that God has put inside of us because we're created in the image of God that shines through. That's why sometimes people can say, oh, he's a terrible person, but sometimes he's been, he's been good. Sometimes she's been doing good or they have a good heart. How can you have a bad heart and a good heart at the same time? You're made in the image of God. And the human heart, whether they know or not, longs to connect with the living God. A lot of times people don't know. That's what they're searching for. They get frustrated with themselves. They don't know what to do. And God reaches out to those people. Now what happens here, Zacchaeus hears this news. God is speaking to hearts today. There has to be someone who should be telling someone else about Jesus Christ. Unless you tell how they know. Because someone told Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was where Jesus was. We need to be those good news carriers. Good news bearers. We need to be people who go up and tell someone. In a lot of times we think that, I don't know if they will like it. I don't know if they'll receive it. What if they get mad at me? So what? Do you know what? Many times it'll bring comfort to them. Many times it will bring them to Jesus Christ. You don't have to go and tell them, hey, you know, you need to receive Jesus now or you're going to go to hell. That's not how you give the gospel to people. Tell people what Jesus has done for you. Well, that's what Jesus told many people who he healed. He said, go and tell your people what great things God has done for you. He told the man who was set free from the legion, demon possession. He said, go and tell your people what great things God has done for you. And the Bible says he went and published everywhere what great things Jesus had done for him. So it's important for us to go and tell others about what Jesus did for you. Did Jesus answer your prayers? Did you pray and did God do something for you? Go and tell that to someone. You know what? God is so real. That's how I used to do when I was in school, middle school and high school and college. God will do something. I'll tell them, do you know Jesus is alive? Do you know Jesus can hear? Do you know Jesus can talk? He talks with me. Do you know Jesus can hear? He answers my prayer. When someone is going through something difficult and they are sharing their burden, 
Don't say, uh-huh, uh-huh, too bad, so sorry, I feel so sorry. Our sorries are not going to take away their sorrows. We need to be able to present the problem solved with the Lord Jesus Christ to those who are suffering. We need to let them know Jesus can take away your burdens. Jesus can wipe away your tears. Jesus can give you a brand new start. It's important for us to be those good news bearers to go and tell them the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many times we think people just need someone to just hear. Yeah, you can hear when you can't give them the solution. But if you have the solution, you should hear and then offer them the solution. See, if somebody is cut and you have a band-aid with you, will you give them the band-aid or will you say, I'm, I'm so sorry and just walk away? That would be terrible. If somebody is wounded and you know how to do first aid, if you don't help them and if you just say, oh, I'm so sorry, and then walk away, that's terrible. That's how it is. When you hear the problems of people who are suffering and you just say, I'm so sorry, I just hope that everything will work out for you. We're not heathens, by the way. Do not do that if you know the living God. Don't try to play nice. When you can offer life, when you can give living water to those who are thirsty, don't withhold it from people. Don't worry what they will think. You'll be very surprised to see. They'll thank you. Tell them that Jesus can help you. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can wipe away your tears. Jesus can hear you. You pray for them and show them how to pray. We can do these small things. You know what? These small things can make a big difference in the lives of those who are hurting. It can wipe away the tears of those who are weeping. Small things. You can think, what am I going to do? What is my prayer going to do? Know this for sure. If you know that he is hearing, and if you know that you are in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, your prayers can do big things. Don't let the devil fool you thinking that, oh, my prayer is not going to do much. It'll do a lot. You need to be like the person who gave that good news to Zacchaeus. And say, well, Zacchaeus is a tax collector. I don't think he's going to come and attend these meetings. Zacchaeus is really bad. And I don't think Zacchaeus is going to ever change. And who are you to make that conclusion? Never pass judgment on anyone. You're not God. God himself waits for a long time. And he tries really hard. And unless a person says that, no, this is what I want. And they choose hell. God doesn't send anyone to hell. It's our choice. So don't tell that, oh, this person is not qualified to receive the gospel. You don't dare do that. Everyone that's made in the image of God, God's heart goes out to them. Somehow, will they come back? Will they come back? And he reaches out. He reaches out. He reaches out. He reaches out many, 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 many times. Because of God's many, 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 many chances, we're here today. We must not forget that. So, someone went to Zacchaeus and did what they did. So Zacchaeus got enough information. The way you convey the word is also important. How you say it is also important. The way this person went and told Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was convinced. We need to be people of faith ourselves. Only if I have faith can I impart faith to somebody else. If I'm a skeptic, I'm not going to help anyone else. With their faith. We need to be people who walk with God, have our own experience with God. Then we can tell them, hey, Jesus is alive. 
Hey, Jesus has done this for me. When I was broken, Jesus came and he fixed me. He can fix you. Has he done that for you? For many of you. We're obligated to go and do the same. If we have received something from God, we're obligated to go and tell others that there's a way out. You don't have to live this way. Do whatever you can. Through much prayer. And God will do his part, just like how he did with Zacchaeus. So, Zacchaeus was convinced by what he heard. And Zacchaeus does something extraordinary. You know why? Because his faith was so strong. The desire to go see Jesus was stronger than what people would think. We may think that, well, this person will never come to Jesus and this person, the proud person, and this person is never going to get well. And we can say all these things, but God who sees everything, he'll say, you're wrong. Who are you to say that? It's important for us to understand that when we do what God wants us to do, guess who's working? God is working. He comes to that scene. God begins to work. So whatever this man or this woman, whoever told Zacchaeus, they believed in what they told and they gave that message. And guess who was working? The spirit of God was working in Zacchaeus' heart. Now Zacchaeus' desire gets stronger and stronger. And now Zacchaeus' will is working together with the desire of the Holy Spirit. That's where Zacchaeus makes the effort to go see Jesus. See, we can have God work in our hearts, but if we don't do anything about it, then we can just pour water on the fire that is there. But if we take what God is doing and we say that I'm going to work with it, I'm going to go with what God is doing, and we cross barriers, we will meet the living God. So Zacchaeus heard the news. God was working in his heart where his heart was moved to meet Jesus. Now he has something. Let's see verse 3. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So Zacchaeus had something that would prevent him from seeing Jesus. We saw this before in another message when God spoke to us during one of our services, how Zacchaeus did not let the hindrance keep him from the Savior. How he overcame that. He didn't worry about what people would think. But he was goal-oriented. And how he got more than what he asked or imagined. Now you see, Zacchaeus was pushing through the hurdles that went in front of him. And he said, I'm going to go. Somehow I'm going to see Jesus. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Zacchaeus made the effort. He climbed up on the tree, so Zacchaeus had a plan. Zacchaeus was not uh, someone who said, well, if this happens, let it happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's God's will. If it happens, it's God's will. There are other people like that who won't do a thing about it. They'll say, well, if I get it, then it's God's will. If I don't get it, then it's not God's will. It's like this. You don't study for your exam, you're not going to pass. We can't say, well, it's not God's will for me to pass. Right? If you don't eat your food, you're going to get sick. You can't say that, well, I think the sickness is from God. No. There are certain things that we need to do. 
if you don't watch when you cross the road, you will get hit by a car. You can't say, well, the devil hit me. We have to do what we need to do. So when we have hindrances that are there, we need to do what we need to do in order to remove the hindrances. You know, there was one lady who came to our house many years ago. And um, she had a baby. And the baby's pacifier fell on the carpet. You know what she told me? She said that she sits there and she prays and she asks God whether she should wash the pacifier or not. Can you believe that? Common sense, you drop something on the floor, now the pacifier is going to have germs on it, you wash it before you give it to your child. You sit and you ask God whether you're going to wash the pacifier or not, God is not going to answer those things. This is common sense. Guess who will lead you at that point? Because it goes on to testing God. At that time, God is not on the scene. The devil will come and give the answers. We have to be very, very careful. When it comes to the things of God, we must be people who are not only led by God, but use the common sense that God has given. What we need to do, we should do. If we know we need to take care of our bodies, we should take care of our bodies. We know we need to take care of our children, we should take care of our children. What we should do, we should do before God. And what we cannot do, God will do for us. So Zacchaeus situation, his height was short. He can't do anything about it. He cannot really, you know, change that. That's not within his control. But he can do something. He can climb a tree. So he came with a plan. He did what he was able to do. See, we saw this, I, I believe, at the beginning of the fasting prayer in the month of February. Our involvement in our own restoration is very crucial. If we want God to restore our lives, if we want God to restore our families, then our participation in that, that means we seeking God. What we need to do for that is crucial. If we want God to restore our soul, we need to seek Him. We need to do what we need to do in order for God to do what we cannot do. So what did Zacchaeus do? He said, okay, this is my limitation. I'm going to see what I can do to overcome that limitations. And he had a plan. He said, I'm going to climb on the tree and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wait. I'm going to be there before Jesus comes. So he didn't think about what his next plan is going to be. He canceled everything for that day because this was too important for him. We need to be like that. Don't have other things in your mind when you come to the presence of God. Jesus and his work in your life is too important. Everything else can wait. This is very important. This is the most important thing for you. And as you give importance to what is important, the king will come and visit you. We're going to close in a few minutes. But I want you to understand, Zacchaeus valued the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus valued Jesus Christ, even though he was lost. When the conviction came, when that information came through someone, when the drawing of the Spirit of God was taking place, Zacchaeus was not someone who said, well, I heard it, but I'm not going. I don't have to. Maybe some other time if he comes, if I can somehow see it from my window. No. The Bible says this. The kingdom of God is like a hidden treasure. Only those who go after it will find it. It's important for us to make effort when it comes to 
our own restoration, our own recovery, or the restoration of our children or our family, or marriage, whatever it is, your participation, your involvement in it is crucial. Zacchaeus showed his interest by showing up to where Jesus was. So Zacchaeus now, he climbs up on the tree. He didn't care what anybody would think. He said, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to sit and wait. And no matter how long it takes for Jesus to come by that side, I'm going to be sitting there. And Jesus came by that side. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, this way, Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus, right? So Zacchaeus is sitting there. And in Zacchaeus' heart, the Holy Spirit is working. And Zacchaeus climbed up the tree and he sat there. A, a man of stature is sitting up on the tree. You just see how much he desired God. He didn't care about what anybody will think. Only those who don't care about what others will think and care about their own soul and their own families and get to God for that will really receive everything from God. We should not live for people. We should live to please God. And so Zacchaeus climbed up on the tree and he's sitting there and he's saying, I need to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus. And guess when Jesus was coming, how Jesus' heart was. I need to see Zacchaeus. I need to see Zacchaeus. That's how much God loved Zacchaeus. That's how God is with you today. When you come and say, Lord, I need to be restored somehow, somehow bring me back to you. And your prayer is, Jesus is here right now. And he says, I need to see you. I need to see you restored. So Zacchaeus was sitting up on the tree and Jesus is walking and Jesus says, I need to get to Zacchaeus. I need to see Zacchaeus. I need to restore Zacchaeus. I need to find the Zacchaeus and restore him back to the fold. And Jesus, his heart was on Zacchaeus and he was coming. And when he came to the spot that he knew that Zacchaeus was, Jesus looked up and saw. While Zacchaeus was like this, Jesus was like that. And he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down, for today I must stay at your house. He doesn't say, Zacchaeus, come down. You see how eager Jesus was? Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and he said, come quickly, Zacchaeus. Jesus was so excited to meet Zacchaeus. That's how Jesus is with you today. Jesus wants to meet with you. You may be seeing, sitting, like how Zacchaeus sat on the tree. You may be thinking, I want to somehow see Jesus. Maybe I won't get a close-up view. Maybe I'll get a glimpse of him. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to be with you. Whatever desire you have for God, God will exceed that. That's the word from God for you today. Whatever desire you have for God, to get closer to God, to change your life, God will exceed that if you just put away what anyone will think and humble yourself and just get to the place where you can meet with God. So Zacchaeus is there. Jesus is here. Jesus wants to see Zacchaeus. And Jesus says, I want you, Zacchaeus, come down quickly. Can you imagine that? How Zacchaeus would have felt? We see that in verse 6. Zacchaeus wouldn't have thought, well, all the people are looking at me. And I'm a big official here. And I want to just, you know, take gentle steps and come. No. Here it just came, zoop, 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 and she would have jumped in and said, Jesus, I want to go. What would you now? He would have been jumping. I don't think Zacchaeus would have walked normally like majestic, oh, I'm a tax collector. No. He would have been hopping and skipping and looking at Jesus and Jesus talking to him all the way home. Jesus came for that one man, Zacchaeus, that day. 
Imagine that. In his calendar, in heaven's calendar, he blocked out that day for Zacchaeus. That's what God is doing for you today. He's blocking out this day for you and he says, this is your day of restoration. I want to restore you to myself. Zacchaeus didn't think about anyone. He didn't think, what my wife thinks? She's going to think that I've lost my mind climbing up this tree. No, no. If he would have thought that way, what will that man think? What will this guy think? What will that businessman think? If he would have thought all those things, he would have been lost forever. He didn't care about anybody. He said, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. If that is you, Jesus wants to touch you today. Jesus wants to do the impossible for you today. Jesus wants to do that which you cannot do. Jesus coming to Zacchaeus' house was something Zacchaeus would have never thought. No matter how much money he had, the Bible says he was rich. You can't buy God with money. Zacchaeus had a good position. Jesus is not touched by that. He's not impressed by how much money we make. He's not impressed by how much education we have. And he's not impressed by what our social status is. Jesus is not impressed by how many bank accounts we have and how many cars we have and how many houses we have and how big our house is and how fancy looking our things are. Doesn't impress Jesus Christ at all. Only one thing he looks for. For a heart that looks for him. We say, Lord, I've gone far away from you. But I want to come back. And Jesus says, I want you back. I've been looking for you. I've been looking for you. All these months I've been looking for you. All these years I've been looking for you. I want to restore you. I want to come to your house today. Make haste. Make haste are two special words. Two special words where Jesus says, come quickly. Returning to God, no one should take time saying that, well, I'll think about it tomorrow. I know God worked today. Maybe I'll, I'll rededicate my life tomorrow by myself in, in a separate place. Or maybe I'll go to my car and do it later. Don't postpone it. That's the trick of the devil. Where the devil will try to make you feel like, well, you don't want to pray in front of people while you don't want to pray now and you don't want to look like a fool crying in front of your family and you don't want, Satan will say all these things. You know why? Because he doesn't want to lose you because he's holding you hostage. He doesn't want to let go of you because the moment when God is working, when Jesus has to make haste and you miss that, you miss what God is about to do. Make haste. And the Bible says, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Are you going to make haste today? Jesus has come to look for you and to receive you to himself. And he is saying, make haste. Today is your day. Are you going to make haste? He wants to receive you. Are you going to make haste and get into that covenant relationship with Jesus Christ? Jesus wants to receive you. That's a big thing. Are you going to rededicate yourself and receive him once more into your life? So he can be the Lord of your life. So that you can be the son of Abraham through Jesus Christ. Or the daughter of Abraham through Jesus Christ. Who is found now, who is in, within the fold, within the family of God. 